98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Hong Kong's former top judge expresses concern over what he says is a strange provision of the national security law. Customs officers say they've smashed a $2.5 billion money laundering ring and a car bomb is set off at a hotel in Pakistan where the Chinese ambassador is staying. The former head of the judiciary has raised concerns about what he called a strange provision that allows the chief executive to appoint judges to national security cases. Jeffrey Ma made the comments during a webinar where he said an independent judiciary should be able to decide for itself how to assign judges. Under the national security law, the CE, after consulting the Chief Justice, can designate judges to hear such cases. Mr Ma said allowing judges to decide without interference was an important part of judicial independence. That is part of the independence of judiciary, to decide for itself which judges will hear the case and not have somebody else whose angle or whose particular context may well be political or some other sort of interested aspect of it. So this is an important question as far as Hong Kong is concerned, where you have the strange provision of the designation of judges. Customs says it's broken up a family-run syndicate that it accuses of laundering some $2.5 billion in just a couple of years. Officers have arrested a couple and their son, as well as a former employee of a currency exchange the mother used to run. They've also arrested two men in their 20s, a cook and a car valet, who they say opened bank accounts through which they laundered half a billion dollars. The mother alone is said to have laundered more than a billion dollars. Customs investigator Grace Tang says most of the money had passed through shell companies. We are looking into the, the activity of the shell company, but right now... We don't see any activity, the business transactions of the shell company, so we cannot disclose too much about the name of the shell company. Lawmakers have expressed concern about proposed changes to the election rules that will leave candidates out of pocket if a poll is called off because one of their opponents dies or is disqualified. The Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Bureau says it cannot pay subsidies for campaign expenses if a poll doesn't go ahead because payments are calculated based on vote share. It told a LegCo meeting that payouts would still be made if a candidate died or was disqualified after a vote. A car bomb has killed four people at a hotel in the Pakistani city of Quetta, where the Chinese ambassador has been staying. Security officials suspect the diplomat was the intended target, but he was not in the hotel at the time. It's not clear who was behind the attack. The BBC's Sekunda Kamani has more details. A lot of the attacks in Balochistan recently have been carried out by the separatist group and the separatist group has been very opposed to major Chinese investment in Balochistan. They want independence from the rest of Pakistan and they oppose Chinese investment because they see that as, as cementing Pakistan's role there. Turning overseas, Joe Biden says that the United States is about to reach a goal of delivering 200 million coronavirus vaccine shots in the first 100 days of his presidency. He said, very shortly, 80% of people aged over 65 will have had at least one jab. But he warned there was still a long way to go. He said some younger people were not getting vaccinated because they couldn't afford to miss work. I'm calling on every employer, large and small, in every state, to give employees the time off they need, with pay, to get vaccinated. And any time they need with pay to recover if they're feeling under the weather after the shot. No working American 
should lose a single dollar from their paycheck because they chose to fulfill their patriotic duty of getting vaccinated. A black man has been shot dead by police in the US state of North Carolina. An investigation has been opened into the killing of Andrew Brown. Tommy Wooden from the local police force spoke at a news conference. It's been a tragic day that started at approximately 8.30 a.m. during the search warrant at 421 Perry Street. Andrew Brown Jr. was fatally wounded during this search warrant. He died a day after a white policeman in Minneapolis was convicted of the murder of George Floyd. The Justice Department has announced a federal investigation into the city's police department to see whether there's been a practice of unconstitutional policing. The chief of Miami police, Art Acevedo, says the verdict has been a relief. Watching an officer children be taken away in handcuffs should serve as a reminder that everyone has to answer to the law and that in this case it worked. So... We're relieved in law enforcement, to be quite honest with you, and that uh, justice has been served, and we hope that it does work as a deterrent effect for those that might not do the right thing. Russian police are reported to have arrested almost 1,500 supporters of the jailed opposition activist Alexei Navalny on a day of protests across the country. Independent monitors say more than a third of them were detained in St. Petersburg. The demonstrators have demanded Mr Navalny, who's been on hunger strike for three weeks, be released or given access to better medical care. This protester was among those detained. I was detained, literally for the thought of going to a pro-Navalny rally. For the very thought, I want to demand freedom for Navalny. Navalny must be alive, healthy and free, and it is our duty to fight for it. An investigation in Britain has found that pervasive racism was behind a failure to properly commemorate black and Asian soldiers who died more than a century ago fighting for the former British Empire. The Commonwealth War Graves Commission said it was deeply sorry for the wrongs of the past. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Beale. The sacrifice of tens of thousands of black and Asian soldiers who fought and died for Britain during the First World War was often not commemorated in the same way as their white counterparts, who had a headstone bearing their name. Some were just remembered collectively on memorials, while others had nothing at all. The Commonwealth War Graves Commission says the failure to properly commemorate the deaths of so many soldiers was underpinned by entrenched prejudices and the pervasive racism of imperial attitudes. Rebels in Chad say they will resume hostilities and are determined to overthrow the military council which has taken power. Following the death of President Idris Deby on Tuesday, a transitional council of military officers appointed his son as interim president. Opposition groups and trade unions have condemned what they see as a coup. Other countries have also expressed concern. Ned Price is the US State Department spokesman. The violence in Chad that we've spoken to is gravely disturbing, uh, but we're watching closely as the political situation uh, evolves. The situation is uh, fluid. We uh, want to see uh, a peaceful, democratic transition of power to a civilian-led government. We would be concerned by anything that would stand in the way of that. The Pan American Health Organization says more than 130 people evacuated from a recent volcanic eruption on the Caribbean island of St. Vincent have tested positive for the coronavirus. 
The United Nations expects the humanitarian crisis in the country to go on for months. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. The organization's director, Carissa Etienne, said she expected more cases to be reported in shelters where thousands of people have been living. St. Vincent had managed to control the pandemic before the Soufrière volcano began erupting nearly two weeks ago. Some 20,000 people were forced to leave their homes and many of them are still living in crowded shelters or with friends and families, where it's practically impossible to implement social distancing restrictions. The World Health Organization has congratulated the people of the Gambia after the infectious eye disease trachoma was successfully eliminated there. The WHO says that Gambia is the third country in Africa to wipe out the disease. Here's the BBC's Will Ross. The head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Ghebreyesus, paid tribute to all the Gambian volunteers who played a big role in eliminating trachoma. For years, they went door-to-door promoting better hygiene and finding people who had the eye disease. Trachoma starts off a bit like conjunctivitis and can be stopped with antibiotics. If left alone, it causes the eyelashes to turn inwards, so surgery is needed to prevent permanent blindness. The government had a lot of help from the NGO Sightsavers, which is celebrating the fact that Gambian children will now grow up not having to worry about this disease. A judge in Canada has agreed to adjourn for three months the extradition hearing of a Chinese telecoms executive who is wanted in the United States on charges of bank fraud. Meng Wanzhou, the chief financial officer of Huawei, was arrested in 2018. Her lawyers asked for a delay to review documents that were newly obtained from HSBC as a result of a court challenge in Hong Kong. To financial news and some breaking news in the past hour, Cathay Pacific has confirmed it will close its Canadian pilot base and has also proposed closing its pilot bases in Australia and New Zealand. In a statement, the airline said no decisions have been made on the fate of its pilots based in Europe and the United States. It said that all passenger fleet pilots on overseas bases had been stood down since May last year. The airline has cut almost 6,000 jobs amid the pandemic, as well as closing its Cathay Dragon brand. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,765. That's 144 points up on the previous close. Turnover so far today stands at $65 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.99 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar and 20 cents, and the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 82 cents. Now, moving into sport, and we start with football, in the English Premier League, where Manchester City have moved a step closer to becoming champions. Bernardo Silva in the box, chips it in, Martinez comes, oh, he's been beaten to it, and it's been headed in! And Manchester City are in front, and it is Rodri who got the crucial touch. City went on to win 2-1 at Aston Villa to go 11 points clear at the top. The visitors had conceded after just 20 seconds, but turned the game around through goals from Phil Foden and that one you just heard from Rodri. Both sides finished the game with 10 men. John Stone's straight red was followed by a second yellow for Matt Cash. City boss Pep Guardiola said his side did well to bounce back after conceding that early goal. We were reacting incredibly well. We played so good with the ball and without. And, uh, and after 10 against 11, thinking it happened, and after equalised, but the game was good. 
10 against 11, John Stones with the, the red card. Not far from, from where you were. What was your view He's and late. your opinion? He's late, but the intention to kick him is out of the world. He want to go there in that intention. He doesn't be aggressive with, uh, with the feet. He's late. And uh, yeah, the referee, but in that moment, playing for the for the Premier League is tough. It's really tough. Uh, play a lot of minutes. Good learning for, uh, for next Sunday, especially Champions League. Ryan Mason marked his first game as Tottenham manager with a come-from-behind 2-1 win over Southampton. Mason, a former Spurs midfielder, replaced the sacked Jose Mourinho and became the youngest man to take charge of a Premier League side. Victory moved Spurs to within two points of the Champions League places. The interim boss was asked whether his side could make it into the top four. Yeah, I think for us it's, it's taking each game, game by game. We've got a massive game Sunday now and our, our full energy will be be going into preparing for that. And then once that one's out of the way, we'll be on to the next one. But most importantly for us tonight, the, I thought the performance, the attitude of the boys was, was absolutely outstanding. Nine of the 12 clubs who signed up to participate in the breakaway so-called European Super League have now pulled out leaving the plans unable to proceed, according to the league's chief architect, Andreas Agnelli. Inter Milan, AC Milan and Atletico Madrid are the latest to announce their withdrawal from the proposed competition, following fierce criticism from UEFA, national associations and supporters groups. Agnelli says he remains convinced of the merits of the plan. To be frank and honest, no. Um, evidently that's not the case. So, I mean, I wouldn't be talking so much about whether where that project has gone um, i remain convinced of the beauty of that project of the value it would have developed to the pyramid um, of the creation of the best competition in the world uh, but admittedly no i mean i don't think that uh, that project um, is uh, now still uh, up and running on the pitch real madrid went level on points with atletico at the top of la liga with a 3-0 win at cadiz all the goals came in the first half, two of them by Karim Benzema. Inter Milan edged closer to their first Serie A title since 2010 with a 1-1 draw at Spezia. That took them 10 points clear at the top. In basketball, the Phoenix Suns shone brightest in the clash between two of the NBA's top teams overnight, overcoming the 76ers by 116-113 to in Philadelphia. The Sixers remain top of the Eastern Conference, however, as their closest rivals, the Nets, were beaten 114-103 to by the Toronto Raptors in Brooklyn. To end the news, the top stories once again. Hong Kong's former top judge expresses concern over what he says is a strange provision of the national security law. And customs officers say they've smashed a $2.5 billion money laundering ring. The news from RTHK.
whipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't catch you slipping up. Don't catch you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't catch you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull like, yeah. We gon' blow like, yeah. Look how I'm geeking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on get it. Watch me move. This is Sally. And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 21st of April is today's date. Sorry, 22nd of April is today's date. I thought I was time traveling. We do have a busy show today, and thanks for Phil for the morning brew. We're going to start today's show by chatting with Deborah Abella, who's one of the authors of this year's Young Readers Festival. And Deborah will be joining us all the way from Australia via Zoom in about 10 minutes or so. 
and she'll be sharing why she loves getting children excited about books. And of course, we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook as well. So do join us there if you can this afternoon. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the two o'clock news, Sadia Osmani joins us from London and uh, she's with us for the regular Thursday Chinwag. And today we'll be talking about small talk and whether the pandemic has reduced our skills in the art of small talking.